Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. This is Dan again coming to you out here from the studios of DTM Enterprises, my wood shop in the backyard. Uh, I have a real special guest today. I've been looking forward to hearing him. I've known him for a long time. I actually have known this guy before I knew him because I heard in the group, one of the groups I was going to, they kept on referring to a guy, uh, kept on referring to an army mark. And uh, he was out of the country at the time, and I heard about us. Uh, they were reporting in that, that Mark was doing good. Mark could use some support, different kind of things, the normal kind of thing of a checking in. And uh, and then at, at a certain point in time, he came back, and I finally got to meet him. I think after I was out again for a little bit, it was uh, disappeared for a little while. And uh, and then got to come back and meet him. Let me hit these commercials real quick. Uh, first off, the music around the podcast is brought to you by Darren Frank. We'll keep on playing his stuff. Uh, we'll put a little teaser at the beginning, and then if you want to hear the entire song at the end of it, uh, will be the entire song. I don't want to lead with that. Uh, spiritualunderground.org, that's the website that accompanies this podcast. Uh, you can go there and see show notes. There's a contact me page or, uh, where if you if you want to holler out, reach out to me for anything. If you want to be on the podcast, if you have feedback, I welcome the feedback. I've actually had some uh, thank you. I've had some people touch base with me here lately and, and give me some feedback and i really like that both directions positive and negative uh one of the things people were saying the intro was too long uh early on so i shortened that up to about 15 to 20 seconds and listened to you all so uh i am listening and if you need any help you know i don't know if i can do it but i will try uh if if you need some help i'm certainly a voice to or ear to listen and, and maybe point you to in the right direction um, if you're dealing with any kind of recovery issues or any kind of thing like that, that uh, sounds like maybe you, if you're driven to maybe uh, drawn to, to reach out, do so. Uh, finally, TSSR, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery, the book by James Christopher Cohn is out on Amazon. You can get it there, and it's out on Kindle now. One more time, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery by James Christopher Cohn. Uh, Mark, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, fi- it's, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, we finally got some sun. We've had a little bit of rain yeah, on uh, this, this Easter Sunday here. The yeah. sun come out, and uh, yeah. I was out in the backyard earlier and listening. I can hear kids playing, and and uh, it sounds like uh, springtime out there today. It's, it's coming really quick. Yeah. So I was saying in the beginning there, uh, you know, that, that of not knowing you, and but hearing hearing who you're talking to and you know and, and i joke around because i found this to be a little bit of a funny thing about certain meetings that particular meeting had a lot of marks and i'm not sure if it still does because the tssr meeting has started to come on thursday night now and uh and there was always a lot of marks in that meeting you know so it's keeping them straight in the beginning but uh they so i think that's the reason why the the little acronyms came on the front ends of the marks about the different ones so we right. knew which ones we exactly. were talking about never name your child mark yeah that's what uh <laughs> it's a bad omen i joke us. around when i go to that meeting i'd say you know if you don't know people's name you gotta if you just say hi mark you got a high percentage of hitting it right at that meeting and i know another one that's brian's and uh and and uh there, there's a there's a lot of brian's at a meeting i go to now uh it's kind of funny I think there was eight of us in one room. Yeah. We were all sitting together. Yeah. I'm Mark. 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 Yeah. 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 That is funny, man. Uh, the world's a cool place. Uh, so, uh, really am. I truly am excited. I'm, been, I'm inspired by you, period. You're somebody who has a solid feel to you. Uh, there's this thing where I walk around, you know, and you get this thing when you're, you, you hear it. You, it's just, it 
people you like that have what you want kind of stuff you know and you see it in people's eyes and uh, and, and and with 100 percent honesty i can tell that from the very beginning of meeting you uh, i've had that feeling that that guy the one that stick with the winners kind of thing you were a guy who openly told us of the problems you were having that was something that always because you know the people who are just always on exactly. top you got to go i had to be a little suspect of uh always being up on the rain on the peak of the rainbow and and i always heard both sides from you and 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 really honest shares and and as i've gotten to know you better uh you've touched me you continue to it's so a, welcome a, to the it's table attraction, here. not promotion right exactly right. I, yeah. always, I always try to be a sh straight shooter yeah. yeah, and we can't cuss on here too, so uh, don't worry Absolutely. about that. If we uh, what we're just regular dudes talking is what the deal is, and uh, I don't want to uh, candy coat this thing at any level. So as I usually do, I start out uh, asking what a guy's survival or a person. It's not always a guy. I'm glad I get some gals on here too. Uh, ask you, ask my fellow what his sobriety date is, and we'll just start from there. However, this conversation rolls, it will good. roll like we asked in the beginning. My, my sobriety date is August 16th. 2006. Oh, the 16th, 2006. Sometimes it goes fast. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So that man, what's that mean? 13 years coming? This August, yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great road, you know. Um, what can I say about it? <laughs> um, my first couple of years were not good. Uh, come out of treatment, um, wandering around, so to say. Uh, went to the lunch munch in Jeffersonville. Um, and uh, again, attraction, not promotion. And uh, I walked around and I listened and uh, a lot of people come up and shook my hand. And you know, and that, that was a really, that was a really uh, telling moment for me. You know, and I began to think that, whoa, this is cool, you know. And uh, as I begin to network, um, uh, it was uh, again attraction, not promotion. You know, I just I began to notice a lot of camaraderie, you know, and people just helping, you know, each other, you know, come in and hey, how you doing? And and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's okay. I'm. Uh, I'm very thankful. Fellowship aspect of it, it immediately yes, struck absolutely. me. Immediately, yeah. uh, my very first meeting, I had a very moving first time in AA. Now I will always have I to clarify that. that it really wasn't the first yeah. one. It was, uh, I had been court ordered when I was a kid. Yeah, and but but I don't remember any of it. This is the first one I say what I when I come in with that, which I didn't even know that day. It's all rearview mirror stuff. I come in with yeah. that third tradition under my feet of absolutely. a desire to stop. Absolutely, and uh, I remember you wearing the bracelet. Yeah, and, uh, but you're. Uh, your uh, power to uh, get straight was was uh, very evident in how yeah. you how you. Um, I was backed in a corner. So yeah. Truth of the matter, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, go to prison or get straight, man. And, and, that's, uh, and that's the and thing about. I, and I didn't want to go to prison. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about the program. You see somebody come in that's new, and they kind of sit in the back and don't really know what to think, and then they keep coming back. And their circle gets tighter, yeah, and tighter and tighter, and the next thing you know, they're sitting up front. So they, but to see that person get closer, and you know, it, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. It is. Yeah. And, and you, you see their the color come back to their face. You, uh, 
you see them laugh yeah you know and they look at other people and we you know we we automatically love them and but they just don't know it yeah you know and uh when they get it they get it yeah of course we've seen a lot of people never come back yep that's right you know i know one at north side i think we've had a couple of suicides you know? yeah i don't think i know yeah you know and that's that's an awful thing that's an awful thing to uh to die of this disease that way you know so and i've had a lot of experience in the as you well know you know um going overseas was the was the pinnacle for me you know i went to i did three tours in iraq one in afghanistan um I first went to three in Iraq. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Three in Iraq, and yeah. say it one more time. I had three tours in Iraq. Yep. and one tour in Afghanistan. One wow. So, um, well, thank you for that. First, uh, well, uh, to I, go with and that I have too. To preface that's, this by saying that I was a federal civilian over there with combat troops. Hmm. So I was assigned. I have no idea what that means. Well, <laughs> I wasn't a combat soldier, so the only difference really is I did not have a weapon. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I was over there setting up satellite networks and doing all the communications for what we call regimental combat teams. So, you know, as my skills progressed, I got drawn into a lot of these combat zones. So uh, in 2000, that was in 2004, I was still in my disease. Um, But uh, I think it was about the third or fourth month I was there. Um, uh, we were under attack quite a bit and uh, I kept thinking to myself what in the heck am I doing here and um, the bad thing about being in a combat zone it is 59 minutes of of, of uh, peace and quiet one minute of terror yeah and that really really affects you and uh because in that 59 or in that 60, you don't know where the one minute Absolutely. is going to reside. And we we <laughs> used might to be. think about that all the time, uh, you know, going across the street while I'm going to get whacked. Yeah. I'm going to get killed, you know. And uh, um, I come close a couple of times, a lot. And, uh, you know, that physical shaking of your body and that physical, well, just plain out being scared, you know. Um, 2004 was a uh, was a rough time, and in in the green zone in Baghdad, um, I was right, right next to the American embassy, right next to it. And the thing about the American embassy overseas is they sell alcohol. Yeah. And uh, the Iraqis were supplying a lot of the American American embassy with alcohol. And we would kind of intercept them. And uh, they would sell us more alcohol than you can even imagine. Um, I ran into one guy. He sold me a case of Crown Royal Crown Royal, for $75. Whoa. I was in heaven. Yeah. And me and my friends, there was three or four of us. We drank it in a week, you know. And uh, I was telling myself, if I'm going to get killed... I'm going to go out with a bang. You know, my, my disease from childhood up until then was pretty progressive. You know, had parents that are 
big alcoholics. Are they? And, you know, I come from an Italian family. Mm. So, you know. Um, I always hear when I sit here, I hear these like dings, these bell ringers is what. Actually, I got that because my kids have some kind of thing called a bell ringer at school. Right, right. And when I hear these same things like, you know, parents, alcoholic, the. Yeah, I heard you say from a time you was a child, right. you know. You just, yeah, we didn't get here on our best behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so, excuse me. You're fine. But, uh, yeah, um, so I come back to my rack, and that was my first tour. I come back in the, I want to say it was, a lot of it is just a blur now. You know, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, I'd joke around and say if I knew I was going to have to retell all this, I'd have kept better notes. Right, you know? right, right, right. And, uh and I don't too much worry about the exact timeline. I've seen right. some people really struggle at the podium and trying to get like it was August. The you know it's like yeah, yeah kinda, man, I nobody really cares too that. much about <laughs> exactly what day it was. And uh, I think it was the summer of 2006, and I came home. Of course, a lot of us came home a different person. Yeah, changes. So you. I, uh, you know, um, my 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 wife and my family, my three kids, um, kind of stayed away from me. They knew the change. I uh, was kind of going. I bought, a, I bought a brand new truck, had two, 200 miles on it, I believe, and rammed it into a tree. Mm. But it was right next to my house, so I was able to uh, get it home. And uh, um, next thing I know, I was, uh, I woke up and it was daytime. But I had passed out on the, you know, on the, on the, on the pavement there. Mm. So. You know, it was just a progressive thing. And, uh, you know, did I really have a God moment? And I can't tell you that, you know. I My disease went on for another two years. Uh, I was drinking, going to work. You know, I, I drove from where I lived in, uh, in Memphis, Indiana, to Fort Knox. Hmm. And 52 miles one way. Yeah, my 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 disease began to get more and more progressive. I would before that I would uh, I buy me a couple things of of you know little short little bottles you know of, of vodka and I would drink it on the way home. So you know it would uh, again that progressed while I while I while I was drinking before I went to work, and I knew. I knew every liquor store between my house and, and uh, Fort Knox. So, you know, I had a little, I had a car that had some good gas mileage. And every time I went over like a bump or a railroad tracks, I could hear it clinking. The bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, come 2006, you know, I, my... My went to doctor and my liver levels were all off mm. and they're just up and down, up and down, up and down. And my doctor told me, he said, uh, Mark, you got to stop this. You know, you really have to stop this. And uh, it was, I think my, my breaking point was I was out back of my house. I had a bottle of Crown Royal. I had already drank. I don't know, half a bottle of vodka, so I was torqued big time, and it was pouring down raining, and uh, I was drinking Crown Royal and then throwing up at the same time, then taking another swig, (sighs) four or five swigs. Then I would throw up again, (laughs) so, (laughs) and I, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) the next day I told myself, you know, I felt like crap, 
Um, and uh, that was a Friday, I think. And uh, I was getting ready to lose my job. So all those things that we have in our life are starting to implode on you. Yeah, starting you know, to my family. put pressure on you. Yeah. You know, I'd walk into my house and my kids would walk, you know, they just go in another room. And I would really wonder why I was alone. That was my selfish and self-centeredness, yeah. you know. <laughs> Even the dog wouldn't talk to me, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it was, uh, I said, I got to stop this. But I still didn't think it was a God moment. I really didn't. So it was a, you know, I really, I really did not know anything about God. To be honest with you, when I walked into treatment, so I went to, I went to treatment. I went to did thirty days. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did thirty days because, you know, I had some flashbacks from the war, you know, which I still carry with me today. As a matter of fact, and. Uh, um, and I did the treatment, and I said, okay, I'm good. I'm fixed, you know. I'm good. I'm good. And then I've been sober for probably, I don't think it was two weeks, you know, when you go through that. Um, I'm good. I'm good, you know. Yeah. I can go do my job. And, yeah. I think I got this. Yeah, I got this. I got this, man. <laughs> so um, uh, my my family said, you know, you're a different person, even though you're not drinking, you know, you're, you're mean, you're, you're, you know, you're contemptuous, you're, and you need to go to AA. Like, what? Hmm. I ain't going to no AA, you know? And uh, I'll never forget that when I came home, I always used to drive by the Jeff Token Club in the old, the old space, you yeah. know? And it was right there on the right. And I was, drive by it, drive by it. I think it was about a week later. I pulled off in the exit there in uh, in Jeff, and I kept circling around it. Kept circling around it, and uh, <laughs> I, and, I, and I tell this I tell this too when I speak. I parked in the back, you know. There was cars were out there, but I went on the back door and I knocked. <laughs> I knocked. Yeah. Nobody answered, so I went. So I, yeah, you know, off the hook. I, yeah, they yeah, didn't let me in. Hook. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody there, so okay, I'm good. And, I'm, and then I, I drove out and walked walked around the back. I guess it is facing towards the highway, and there was four or five guys out there, you know, and uh, I drove away, and I come back the next day, and you know. I walked in the room, and uh, Herb was the first one to shake my hand, mm. give me a hug. And, uh, you know, that was a good feeling. So I said, man, I'm going to give us a try, you know. And I got that got that pink cloud thing. and But I, you know, being in the military, you know, I did 17 years in the Army. But then I went, you know, became a federal civilian. So I ended up going, you know, to Iraq. And, uh, but I, one thing that we do is we cherish camaraderie, right? You know, we, yeah. because that's how soldiers, that's how you get along when you're in a foxhole and you're, you know, it's you, it, it, you're not worried about the war or whatever you're doing. You're worried about that guy next to you, whether he's going to live or going to die. So, uh. It's a little I, bit like the staying in the moment kind of thing. You're yeah, staying with exactly. the guy next to you, exactly. not worrying about the big picture here right. because the big right. picture is we way too to, much for need me to, to handle. Stay alive, but it's going to take the guy to your right, and it's yeah. going to take the guy to the left. Yeah, I hadn't so, thought about that. Yeah, so I began to 
recognize. That was the very first thing. So I kept coming back. I kept coming back. And uh, as I went into the meetings, I would go like, I don't know, maybe once or twice a week, you know, because uh, I was still repairing that relationship with my family. You know, one of the first things I did when I got out of treatment is I took my teenage kids, I took them out to, I took them out to lunch separately, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm thankful about treatment is that uh, you need to go and you need to make your amends to, to you know, I, I had already made my amends to my wife in treatment, but my kids refused to go, so I had to go out. And uh, I look him right in the eye, and I was, I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done to you. You know, I am, uh, I just said, you know, I got a disease. I learned that in treatment, too. You know, they teach you the, the dynamics, you know, what it does to your right. brain, yep. you know, which, which I appreciate it, you know. That helped me a lot to have that like, medical side of it. That was yes, something that absolutely. broke through to me. Yeah, and you know you have to have that for for the knucklehead like I am. I've got to have something concrete to yep. go by. Right. So, um, you know, and and my kids said, "Oh, it's okay, Dad. It's okay." But we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. You know, and and uh, how kids are today, and but they always kept an eye on me. Yeah. They always kept an eye on me. You know, I have to tell I have to tell this story about when I first got out of treatment, uh, and I've shared this in the rooms too. You know, my wife didn't say a word when she picked me up. You know, she said, "I hope you feel better," and this and that. And when I pulled up in the driveway, you know, we didn't we didn't have any cars there, and there was one blue trash can just sitting there. And she got out and went around the front. So here I am. I, we usually go in the driveway. There's a, you know, there's a door there. And uh, there sat a blue trash can in the sticky that said 141. And when I opened it, that's how many bottles of liquor were in that trash can. Half pints, pints. Big ones, small, you know. I thought I, I thought I was really smart. <laughs> you would hide them behind the corner, yeah, you know, yeah. under this, Stash under them, that. No doubt. <clears throat> so, you know, I was I was smarter than them. I was smarter than anybody else. So, um, but back to what I was saying is that, uh, you know, I, I again I I began to, you know, enjoy that com- camaraderie. So I, my first sponsor temporary sponsor he would uh you know we would do the closing he said don't close your eyes don't Mm. close your eyes i want you to look at all these people interesting uh, yeah yeah and that's where uh i began to say yeah i think i can do this and keep coming so do you ever explain that or what is your take on it, maybe? Because I see people do that, and I do it, too. I will look around, yeah, and nobody yeah. ever really told me that. Sometimes you know, yeah. there was a time when I thought that people, like, when they had their eyes open, they right. were refusing to pray. Yeah, you know, yeah, they used to be yeah, like, oh, yeah. I ain't, you know. But you, you began to you begun to see people that were broken like me. You see it in their face, even though they got their eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do. I like to look around at those. Yeah, yeah. I time. don't do it a lot. But, uh, you know, especially the new people. Most of yeah. them got their eyes open. They're scared to death, and and uh, but uh, 
that's when it started to become attractive to me. So I, um, I had, I had an experience because I had all my drunk friends, you know, and we were going to go to a Colts game, and I'd been sober about three months, and uh, hadn't seen them in a while. And when I, f- we met the morning before the Colts game, took a, took a bus up there, and you know. I, my, uh, my favorite was liquor, but I also, you know, did a little bit of cocaine and, you know, that kind of stuff. I took what you got? To, yeah. But my flavor was alcohol. Yeah. And, uh, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. They're sitting there in the bus doing piles of cocaine and, you know, they say, oh, Mark, glad, glad you're back, you know, and, uh, would you like to drink some milk? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That started my day. And I had a bunch of water, but man, I was, I was, uh, ooh, I was white knuckling it. I'll bet. Because I had, I had bought these tickets before I went into treatment. Oh, And really? I wasn't going to let my kids down. This, my boys, you know. So they went with you? Yeah, yeah. They went with me. So, but man, I was white knuckling it big time. And, uh, I did not, I barely remember that game because. <laughs> Just you way know, up inside your head. Oh man. my goodness, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, and my my son was le- of legal age, and he had these big, you know, twelve dollar beers, and he saw it. He pounded them down. Yeah. Wow. You, yeah. You want one, Dad? No, no, no. So, you know, that was my. And I I told myself, Mark, you have to get out of this environment that you're in, in order for me to stay sober. You can't go back to what you used to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I say this at the VA treatment, treatment center all the time. Right. When you get out of treatment, you have to. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Real hard. Because everybody's situation is different. And uh, if you want to be successful in any way, shape, or form, you know, it's that's critical to your and my temporary sponsor told me that, you know, so. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I didn't want to do that, yeah, right? No. I didn't know, like, with these friends Absolutely. of mine, air quote friends of mine, right. that I didn't think, you know, I felt like I was letting them down. Yeah. I, like, I didn't have any other friends. Right. Uh, you know, what am right. I going to do? Yep. Uh, and, and they kind of turned on me, which was kind of telling, you yep. know, and uh, making fun of it. And uh, I was weak, you know. I remember there's still something that echoes in my mind of a guy, you know, told me and, uh, and, you know, and we're somewhat still friends, but I'm not running around with him anymore at any level. He said, right. man, Dan, you used to be a lot of fun when you used to drink. <coughs> right. You know, and what's right. uh, the, the, yeah. the, the story was, is I'm not any fun anymore. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah okay. I think I said Hurt my something. feelings. I think I said something to them to the effect of, again, those, those are cloudy days for all yeah. of us. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm it, not blaming. It's not a knock on these guys, these people. Right. I'm not I'm, at no level. Am I? Am I trying to do yeah, that? It's just right. what happened. My experience. What I seen one of them a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. And uh, you know, hey, how you doing, Mark? You know, you know, you doing okay, man? You look great. You know, and I was kind of nervous, you know, because ran into him at Lowe's, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> and uh, he said. Man, you look great. Are you still sober? I said, Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I said it's a good life, and he just looked at me and he said, I bet. So, hmm. 
you know, he looked at me kind of serious. So I thought to myself, hey, what I'm doing is right. Yeah. You know. As a um, seed. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, again, you know, it's attraction, not promotion. And um, what else can I say? You know, as I begin to Northside, that was my home group at the time, still kind of is. I go there every Thursday, and it used to be the brick building, which was, I don't know. Way out front by there? Yeah, out front, and uh used to be like 10 people in there. Yeah, it's got a high name, but I can't remember what. Yeah, and then uh, moved over to the main church. So you were there when it was that, when they yeah, were over in that. Absolutely. I, I hear people talk about yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, having a home group is important, and I'll tell anybody out there or anybody here, having a home group, you know, changing your environment and having a home group, you know. I needed new friends. Like I said, I didn't know what I was going to do, yeah. and, and that's where yeah. mine came from. Most of my home groups, right, right, and uh, you know, a sponsor of of course. You don't know if it's, you know temporary sponsor or what, because it's hard for us in sobriety, new sobriety especially, to pick somebody. Yeah. This is just my view, right? Yeah, it is. You know, it's really hard. Yeah, so I kind of, you know, not, not not that I'm against it, but I just say wait, find somebody that you think you like you know go from there i agree that uh yeah you should get like and i try to be that person when i need to i got a new fella now you know and i said hey i'm gonna be your temporary sponsor for now because he doesn't know anything but he needs somebody and i explained to him why you know here's here's the deal you know and and i was out of town all weekend and i told him to call you know gave him some call this guy if you get in a pension i was like that guy said yeah man he called me i was like good yeah but i've been real 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 (laughs) close to you know uh, or i'm real I'm real clear in the fact that, you know, I want you to find your sponsor. Exactly. He's out there someplace. I say a lot of times when I'm behind the podium, I say, I have the best sponsor in the world. Right. And if you don't think you do too, keep looking because he's out there for you someplace. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that time that I was in that phase of just coming out of sobriety, they asked me to go back to Iraq again in 2007. Mm-hmm. So, oh, what can I say about that time? I was newly sober. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could go to a combat zone and not drink. Mm. And, uh, wow. Another another time that I, it's still fuzzy, but uh, that was some of the most, um, wow. I still get a little emotional talking about it because uh, I lost a lot of friends there. But it was at the height of the fighting in 2007. Um these soldiers would go out and I'd kind of creep behind them you know and as they went into the forward operating bases you know the next the very first thing I did was help set up the communications for the Corps of Engineers and some other units and uh, but uh, it was it was terrible it was and uh, I kept telling myself I'm not going to drink I'm not going to drink I'm not going to um, there were times where I had to take a pillow and just put it over my head. You know, um, I was definitely white knuckling it for about eight months. But I, I told, when I was on the way back, I said, yeah, I went over there, got shot at, you know, IEDs. I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I survived. I did it. And, survived uh, both ways. Yeah. Survived, and, period, morally, and survived yeah. your sobriety. Survived. And I, 
when I was over there in 2009, I think that was about the time that I met you, right over in there, maybe. And then uh, I went back in 2009. So, you know, I have a computer experience, and they needed that as far as setting up uh, satellite networks. So they kept asking me to come back. They kept asking me. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, so... Um, 2009 was really pretty easy because the war was starting to, you know, the the last set of troops left there in 2010, and I left right before the uh, for the really big drawdown. So it was fairly easy, not a big problem. Um, I was actually able to find some guys in sobriety. Yeah, very and, cool. Uh, I was at Talil Air Base, which was. The south part of Iraq, so you know, got the got the chum up with those guys, and we talk about the big book, and and uh, you know, a had, blessing. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a blessing. And uh, I got back, and uh, that's when I really started in the, you know, really getting into the fellowship because I needed that. I needed that to keep me sane. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I, I found my sponsor. Uh, uh, Jersey Joe, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, we really and met, you know, the guys I hang around yeah. with, you know, and uh, so re- things got a lot better, a lot better. That's when I began to, and again, I'm not I the spiritual thing is not wasn't still in my my sobriety, and uh, as I kept going and I kept going and I. Remember, I remember you talking and some and about how the spiritual thing came into your lives, and uh, to me it was just um, I wasn't against it, but uh, what kept me sober for a lot of years was just hanging around other people and caring about other people. When people would come in and they didn't look so good, you know, come over and ask them again. That was a camaraderie. Yeah, you know? right. And <clears throat> so, what year was that? I think it was 2011. I got asked to go to Afghanistan. Um, I think you were pretty much in the, you know, because everybody say, where's Mark? Where's Mark? Yeah. yeah. He's in the Middle East. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, you know, th- again, that was another easy one. But I would, uh, this time, I was at, I was at, uh, I was at Kandahar Airfield, which is the southern part of Afghanistan. And there was a coalition forces. We had Australians. You had, uh, you, that's what they call it, a coalition. Right, yeah. And they have all these different countries over there. And because it, it was uh, NATO, North Atlantic Tre- Treaty Organization, was there. So Canadians, you name it. And uh, on the other side of the airfield, I found a meeting, mm-hmm. and I found it through the church. You know, they, they got little churches, you know. Made, uh, most of them are made of wood. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, uh, that was an interesting time because here I'm going to meetings, and half of them didn't speak English. <laughs> so it was Italians and uh, Polish. It was and, coalition AA. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was, I don't know, five or six guys in there. And then it began to get a little bigger. Uh, alcohol was completely banned by then. But there's 
you know, just yeah, like, right. Yeah, like just, drugs are illegal. Yeah, yeah, just like a black market. They're all around, yeah. you know. And uh, I began to see these people from other countries again, you know. So that was, uh, again, that camaraderie come into my life. Yeah. And that's, that's most of my sobriety, I think. And uh, let's see. Um, I began to get that spiritual experience, but I didn't really know what it was, you know. And uh, um, I began to see these new people come in and talk about that. And you're one of them, you know. And I could see your commitment to it, how you were, how you were changing when you first come in, yeah. you know. And uh, I said, "Wow, attraction, not promotion." Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I kept getting into my big book, and I kept, I would, I would pick and choose what I wanted when, when the God thing come in. Yeah, I skip over that, and. Uh, you know, I've been the, I began to work the steps more and more, you know. And it's like, you know, when I got out of treatment, you temporary sponsor, read the big book, you know, go through your steps. And my steps were, or my fourth step was kind of, let me get this done so I can move on to the other ones. Yeah. You know, I don't think Just I ever did check this. the box kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, check the box. Exactly. And I did a kind of a pseudo <laughs> fifth step. You know, I still really wasn't prepared to be totally honest. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, on to, I believe it was 2000, let's see, I got back from Afghanistan in 2012, and 13 and 14, I began to go to, you know, step groups, you know. Um, Don uh, led a bunch of uh, guys, and he had a kind of a place like you've got here, and uh, um, that's when, that's when it started, you know. I did some things in my life that I would not was not proud of, and I think we all have those experiences. Yep, yep we do. And it became it became more and more. It kept coming up, you know, and I could not, didn't understand. Well, I did understand. I just did not want to admit it. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, you know. Um, do you think the military background had a, of a thing where, you know, like if you just, it kind of like what the book says, if you just manage well, if you would just try hard enough, if you would just somehow or another that, that was taught that, that effort and, and you really taught, I, at least it seems that I'm not military, my brother was, but I've just, I've heard some people talk about how that, like you get driven into this, that, 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 you know, if you just try hard enough, you can beat anything, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and then right. this I one can. here is one is, you know, that's been trained into you for, did you say, 17 years of, right. uh, and then plus right. of the same kind of uh, philosophies. And then now you're handed something that, that you you can't wish away. You yeah. can't beat with willpower. Yeah. and Right. And I, you know, I used to, I used, but I would listen to you, to, I don't want to say you people, but I would listen to the people <laughs> that, that, that had that. And again, it became more and more relevant 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 and uh i began to love the program i didn't know anybody that drank so you know all these things were closing in yeah on me. <laughs> and uh you know let's see um um this is 2019, right? <laughs> this is, yeah, and then we don't really have to be chronological because yeah. I'll and probably. I, I, I became, 
I, I had a routine, go to three or four meetings, you know, and, uh, you know, started chairing a lot of meetings, started chairing a lot of meetings, and, uh, and I, because I'm in charge. <laughs> and uh, that was, the, I guess it was military. But I began to, I be, again, I was, I was having an effect on new people that were yeah, coming in. right. And they saw how happy, joyous, and free, you know, happy and joyous. Yeah, but uh, my, you know, and this is just recently, I began to think about this, my own taking care of myself was kind of slipping away. But then again, I was, you know, you know how many meetings I go to. Yeah. And uh, because it's starting to become a way of life. And uh, that all elusive balance, you know, yeah, I'm putting myself exactly. out there to help other people. Yeah. I can do, you know, that's obviously good for us, but there's also, we got to come back home and take care of right. me too. And my, and my new sponsor has stressed that to me continuously. Because <laughs> he, he kind of saw it in my, you know, in my face and I went to three 12 step studies in a row and uh, my last one was um, again there's a lot of things in my life that I truly regret but I'm not going to let it get me drunk I can you know um, I, I love my life now so it sounds like through these step studies, you were maybe peeling back some of that and, and letting it out to Ab- these, uh, you know, I mean, and yeah. I like this personally, I have this little thing I say about, you know, I sometimes do it and I say it this way. I say, I'm, I'm discharging this negative energy to the universe through safe people. I need these safe people around that I can trust yeah. with my stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll tear up thinking about it because oh, it I means know. that much I to know. me that, that See, I've got these that. guys in my life now yeah. that actually that I can actually tell them anything and know right. that they will hold it sacred yeah. and protect my yeah. protect me with it. You're 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 absolutely right. And, you know, I started doing I did that fist step, you know, the first time and then the second time more started to be revealed, you know, and the third time it was like you said, it was very emotional. And uh that's when it started to become a spiritual experience for me. And, uh, and uh, of course, I did the same things that I've always done. And, uh, you know, I said, this is cool. And I thought about you a lot, too, because, because <laughs> Man, of what? Yeah. And some of the other, you know, I call, I'll call you guys the juice crew. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. That's but, you fitting. know, I look at you guys and, and uh, very impressed by what you guys do. And uh, we're having a blast. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And uh, and I have thought about you know you you younger guys just seeing this new this new generation I guess you know come in and be so dedicated to it. You know, I've been to that. I've been to that Tuesday night meeting. Yeah, yeah. I've been there twice, and I'd come out just bopping it. <laughs> I haven't had yeah. a chance to. Yeah, the energy had, is just fantastic yeah, in there. I haven't had a chance to be with her lately, so. But, uh, um, let's see. Um, coming up to, coming up to, I guess, 2017, 18, and right now, you know, um, I've had a lot of things happen in my personal life. Um, I've just gotten to, I'm separated getting ready to get divorced and um and that's a rough one yeah it is yeah it is because uh um there was a lot of things in me besides my alcoholism 
and when I come in, when I'm on, on this journey to sobriety, a lot of things change about me. Yep, you we know, do. And, we transform. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some things on the other side started to stay the same. So, you know, I'm I I am very hurt by it, and uh, but I got to move on. The last, I want to say the last year, it's been probably the hardest part of my sobriety. Yeah, I'll bet it is. Yeah, because, you know, like you said, transforming, you know, moving into a new house and and making my own bed, (laughs) paying my own bills, you know. And uh, and I've had, uh, I've changed more, I think, this year than I ever have. And uh, I'm reaching to a higher power, which I do call God. And I think you heard me. This was extremely powerful for me, you know, back in Mar- just a couple of months ago, you know. And I can explain it to your audience. But uh, my son-in-law was killed yeah, in a it. very, very terrible. It's a powerful story. Yeah, very terrible, terrible motorcycle accident. Um, and they were really happy, and you know, him and my daughter. And, um, you know, I was. It happened on March the first, and uh, I was there the next day. And I actually had the the little big book with me, and and uh, reading that. But in on the plane ride, I was so angry at my son-in-law. How dare you do this? Leave my little baby girl like this. Yeah, I would. The rage to me was one of the most powerful things that I've ever I mean even when I was in a combat zone I used to I used to cuss the Iraqis and you know but nothing like this nothing like this um so I got to I got to um you know my daughter was absolutely stunned you know left left her with a ton of debt which she's still working out but uh and I've been to I've been to Pueblo, Colorado a lot, and uh, and uh, I know some meetings. So I hit one, one a day, twice a day, and uh, and I shared at the Colorado version of a lunch bunch, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. I guess and, most uh, places have some kind of thing yeah, like that. Yeah, and it was it was pretty cool, and uh, I raised my hand. That was uh, on a Wednesday. And I could not stop crying. I could not stop crying at all. Um, for the, it began the whole experience. And uh, I sat down and I was crying after I shared. And I felt uh, I felt somebody's hand on my right knee, and he was patting my knee. I looked over and this is an older gentleman. Well, he's probably about the same age as, as me. And uh, we did the closing, and the, some people came up, you know, and gave us the condolences, gave me the condolences. But this gentleman turns me around, and he puts his hands on my shoulders, and he said, Mark, it's going to be okay. And he took his hands and put them on my face. Really? Yeah. And uh, he was actually wiping the tears out of my And I still get emotional about this. Yeah, man. Yeah, and he and uh, he said, "Mark, my son was killed a year ago, and uh, in a you know in an accident. I don't know if it was a motorcycle accident or not, but the look on his face 
and he was an angel to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I still want to cry when I sit there. Yeah. I've heard somebody say, God shows up in my life in shoe leather. Absolutely. In other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. And this, this man, we went out. I was there that whole week. And my daughter was still grieving. But I was grieving, too. But I think my sobriety was on the line at that time. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, but, And my, you know, my selfish and self-centeredness came back, you know, because I was, uh, I think I was more emotional than she was. <laughs> she was still stunned. Right, yeah, no. But, but I wanted people to be around me to comfort me. And that's, that's, I've been thinking about that since I got back. And that's really not the right thing to do, you know. But this gentleman who was, his name is Robert, um, you know. He saved my life. He really did. And um, my my son-in-law, big Harley rider, of course he was killed on a, on a motorcycle, going 90 miles an hour, which I'm still angry about. But, uh, yeah. And uh, we had a motorcycle rally in honor of my son-in-law. And uh, there's probably, I don't know, 100, 150 bikes. And see, he was a motorcycle rider just like me. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm an old man, so I don't I don't go 90 miles an hour. You yeah. know, I've done, I uh, I just putter along. You know, and uh, he showed up there, and uh, again he hugged me, kissed me on the side of the cheek, and he said, "Mark, we're brothers." Yeah. Wow, man. And I, I you know. Uh, and he t- he got on his bike. I didn't have my bike with me. Darn it! I wanted to, but kind of hard to fly with a bike. Yeah, yeah. Kind of put it in your luggage, right? <laughs> Especially in an ultra classic. So, um, um, and after he kissed me, I you know again I started crying. And he turned around and gave me his thirty-one year coin. Wow! And he said, "I want you to take this." Hmm. He said, every time you look at it, think about what me and you have done together. Yeah. Wow. Oh. This is giving me chills. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at that point, and again, I've been sober almost 13 years, but uh, that's when you heard me share at the, you know, again, yeah. that was Tuesday a powerful night. thing you for me come to home. Do. Yeah, when I got home and... Uh, that was a powerful thing. I was scared to do it, but it felt good because everybody, I think, can understand where I was coming from. Yep. Like you said, you know, you can share in in our in our sobriety. You can share just about anything you want. Right. Yeah. You know? um, People for, get it. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, except you can for really maybe crimes it. of you know. <laughs> I don't think you want to do that. Yeah. But uh, but definitely that night. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to explain that, but you could just feel the empathy and the compassion in the room as you shared that night, right. you know, and people were glued to you and they were listening and yeah. they were their 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 hearts were like handed out to you as you shared, you know, right. and that right. that's exactly the power that gets me to where I can walk to tomorrow, you know. Yeah. And then also it gives me that thing to where, you know, when I listen to that I go, you know, man, uh there's absolutely nothing I can't survive in this. There's absolutely nothing my oh, yes. recovery can't survive it yes. as long as I will reach out and let these people help me. That was one of the most biggest things that I learned is that 
you can do this without drinking because the depth of our program and how we how we share our experience strength and hope came to me immediately yeah and i could not have done that without uh you and uh the 500 guys i know yeah right yeah and that amazing you know you yeah. think like a yeah. start and you know to really know too that you you know, I, that and that's the depth of it is having all those having all those people by my back you know right. i'm not gonna have to go too deep in my list when i hit the wall something yeah. when something does happen and i need oh, people absolutely. i life, don't have to go too deep and i've got somebody actually helping me you yeah. know and, and i know for a fact that i have that i can rely on right. you know that's part of this relying on higher power is this of this program i'm power yeah. greater than me part yeah. of that is this program and then i know that when i reach out i'll have guys well ready to 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 stick their hands out and catch me so i don't have to fall and that's that's where it came to me that there is a power greater than myself and it took all you guys and gals to make me understand that yeah and uh there is there is a god in my life yeah you know and uh and i love uh i love the whole thing yeah and uh so what I didn't hear was a piece of it about him coming back the next day with something for you, right? Yeah. Too there was an, also yeah. another piece of it that you yeah, it was didn't. Like two days later, I yeah. Think so when he gave me that coin, I just I said Robert, and he said, you know, he said, shh, be quiet. He said, every time you think about this, I want you to look at this coin. You know, he said we're brothers, and uh, I call him. You know, I I was calling him once a week. But I've kind of dropped off from that. But uh, he'll always be, and I always go there. So he'll be somebody that I will love the rest of my right. life. Yeah, you know. And uh, yeah, that was a cool thing. Might touch base with him today. Yeah, I probably will. I'll yeah. call him. <laughs> Tell him to listen to this. Yeah, and I'll send him the link. Yeah, you know. But uh, he was definitely an angel. And. Uh, that's me today, I think. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of stuff I probably left out. Yeah, but, and so I'm going to circle back because we started off pretty much in a later part of your life. Uh, I think it is important to something as to because that's the, the like one of the things I found to being on this side of the table is that like I get to hear where people talk and and like fill in some blanks. Sure. Like when you're at the podium, you don't get to do that, and when you're at the podium, your time is limited. And ours is not necessarily, you know, we can... Uh, Every time well, I speak, I leave something out. Yeah, you have to because yeah, you yeah. really don't have time. And you, you know, remember. I've had these big lives. And you remember them, yeah. You know, and I've got this core thing of my coming to sobriety, the, sure. the before and, and during and after part of it, though, what right. how they say, uh, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Yeah. Uh, but other pieces of the story will come in, you know, and that's where I think the higher power speaks to me. It just comes whatever happens to sure. be, you know, and almost every time somebody will come up and they will talk to you afterwards and say, say related to whatever you said. And you're like, okay, now I know why right, that came right. out tonight. But one of the things I always like to, well, there's two things. We have this story about what goes on with us, you know, and how we come to sobriety, how we were, you know, the mess we used to be. And, 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 and so what we were like before, like childhood stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got any like does there anything come to mind on like things yeah. like ways you knew you were different or the alcoholism pl- coming in or maybe first drink first kind of uh, episodes of starting to get um, uh, using alcohol as your relief mechanism as your medicine I come from an Italian family you know my dad was in the United States Coast Guard um, when we were little we had a blast you know we were 13 my, my, my parents had we call them you know the latter kids 
you know, my, my brother is a year older than me, one year, five days, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And then from then on, a year apart. So when my mother got pregnant, pop one kid out, she's pregnant again. So <laughs> we ended up uh, having six, traveled all over the country. But as I began to, I began to get, I don't know, 15, 16, my mother was a terrible alcoholic. I mean, she was like the Jekyll and Hyde. Um, uh, my parents, as they, as we grew grew older, you know, my dad only made so much money, and he had a problem even feeding us. Um, I can remember a can of spam feeding mm. between six kids. Wow! So, uh, my mom got a job. Where were you originally from? Where did I was? Uh, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. I was uh, raised in the Washington D.C. area, mm. and then, but then again, that well, that was our home base, Chesapeake Bay area. But we traveled to San Francisco, Florida, you know, and uh, places near the ocean, Coast Guard kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I spent most of my life in the back of a station wagon, yeah. <laughs> looking up at the stars, you know. All right. So I didn't mean to sidetrack that. Did no, you that's talking okay. about the uh, having trouble supporting a family. Your yeah. dad. Well, like that. in in the we would see, you know, my dad was always a drinker, but my mother, I mean, it was like a Jekyll and Hyde thing when she would get, she would beat us and beat my dad and and uh, she would throw chairs and <laughs> ashtrays and she got extremely violent. Yeah. And that, that, that affected me, of course, as Hell yeah. anybody else. But, uh, we lived in a place called Pinellas Park, Florida. Heard of and, that? Yeah, and me and my brother, we played football, basketball, baseball, did all the sports things. But we saw all of our, all of our friends drinking these hot beers, <laughs> and, you know. So we decided. We found out from one of our friends, man, we can make wine. We can make it. Make it. Yeah, you know, grape grape juice and uh, and pour some yeast in there and. Uh, some other chemically induced thing. <laughs> but, you know, in Florida, it was hot. So uh, we would go up in our attic and, you know, juice the stuff up, mix it up, and you bought balloons. And if you didn't have balloons, guess what else you used? <laughs> Condoms? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Many of them, you know. And we would line the bottles up down the, uh, the corner of the, uh, not the corner, but the, you know, there was a two-by-four going all the way down. We'd have six or seven bottles, and my dad found them. And, uh... The balloons would catch a gas? That's what you would use? Yeah, right. When they well, they would blow up, and then would come back down. When it come come back down, they were ready to drink. Of course, it was only, like, four days old. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking that nasty stuff. <clears throat> and then that's where we began to get that, you know, how it changes you, and, you know... And I think I was 14, 13 or 14, I can't remember. So, you know, my dad caught us, and uh, he said, okay, you guys want to drink? I'm going to show you how to drink. Hmm. Yeah, that's the way he was. And uh, and uh, I will never forget this. My brother was, again, my brother was one year older than me. And a lot, of, a lot of people probably don't remember this, but they had this liquor called Ten High, the nastiest stuff. So he sat us down, 
probably a table like this, and uh, we're gonna drink the whole thing. Was it? It was like whiskey liquor. Yeah. Like? Oh yeah, okay. ten high. Oh yeah, whiskey. And uh, he said, "I'm gonna show you what it's like to drink." You know, and uh, of course, me and my brother puked our guts out. And I think he had a subliminal message there. Okay, it's nasty. You know, um, hopefully you won't do it again. You're going to learn from this. Yeah, he's like you know, trying to like kind of like right. the. Yeah, we learned from, and that's when, um, that's when it started for me, I believe, because we, of course, you live in Florida. There's pot everywhere. My dad was in the Coast Guard. He would interdict tons of pot. We would mm. see him on the eleven o'clock news, and yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, yeah, and then uh, that's when the drinking and the drugging came in, you know, uh, 14, 15, 16. And we moved. Here's a, here's, a, here's a thing that we moved to the other side of town. And, you know, of course, my dad could barely feed us. So we got a job as a bartender. And uh, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he was, a, he was a type of guy that could get drunk but maintain his you know buzz or you know he'd get a little slurry and he'd pass out but it was my mother you know that was uh she was a terror when she drank and uh and uh she's my parents saw us out out back smoking pot or you know we used to go to the 7-eleven and drink or we used to go in the back because this guy was really cool we'd open up the back of the door and it was md 2020 yeah bottles of it bottles. so we were shoplifting basically mm. so uh um you know that's when i think my disease took off really you know i began to it's get another bell ringer thing you know that 13 14 15 year old sure. it seems to be where everybody takes off you know yeah, and it's sure. like the kind of thing that kind of rocks yeah. me a little bit my, my daughter is 13 my son is 15 right now right. you know right i'm like at the uh i open on them you know like, <laughs> hmm, what's yeah. going on in yeah. there i got you yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and things got worse and worse for our family. Um, you know, my dad's rule was you're 18 and you're out of my house. Hmm. You know, I, I don't care what you do. Get out. And he was never really a positive influence because my parents came from the Washington, D.C. area. My grandfather was in, you know, World War II, and, you know, their emphasis wasn't on education or anything like that. You know, it was on the closeness of the family. And, uh, of course, that was just my my experience. You know, a lot of other families, they stressed education. You know, they stressed those things. And um, I think my last year of high school, I was in the 11th grade. And I just stopped going. I just stopped going. And there was... You know, they kicked me out of kicked me out of high school, and I had no repercussions from that from my parents. Yeah, it's okay. You got to go out and get a job. Yeah, so I was I was just, wash, yeah, I was I wash, just, I was washing dishes. And <laughs> in my head, you know, you said it's my last year of high school, and he says eleventh grade, and I'm like, that don't add up for a minute, you know. And then, <laughs> that was well, that was your last year of high school. <laughs> it was my last year, yeah. like, <laughs> and it was those things. That was the beginning of the open campus you know theory of high school yeah yeah i so grew I up just, in that where we were free to do whatever we wanted right it's crazy and, it's uh, like today i'm like you know really <laughs> <laughs> you give me all that freedom what am yeah, i gonna do with that exactly exactly and uh 
I just sat in the parking lot, smoked pot. Yep. Same thing here, man. We would ride, we'd ride around town, you know, and park in these little alleys. And I knew my town inside and out, you know, and you could go sit at the little (laughs) basketball courts or something. And right. Yeah. Play gin rummy in the front seat of a car and smoked dope until the next class. Yeah. And, uh, not long after that, you know, I said, I got to get away from this family. You know, I want to be a, I want to be an upstanding guy, Hmm. you know, and, uh, I'll prove to the world. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, so I joined the Army. That was 1976, so I'm mm. giving away my age big time. <laughs> well, none of us are too good at and, math. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a really good soldier when I was in basic training. You know, I ironed my uniform and spit on my boots. Yeah, more bell ringers, you know, because we yeah. really are that and way. Said, you know, we're driven I, to. Yeah, I can improve myself like this, you know, improve my. My character, my, um, you know, my will, and try to do things right. And uh, I got to a place called Fort Hood, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I got there, I was shocked because people used to make fun of me. These soldiers, like, look at him, man, he's got his stuff all squared away. My, you know, the socks rolled just like I was in basic training. And these guys, most of them were just coming out of Vietnam. Hmm. You know, they were just, uh, uh, if anybody out there knows what a combat patch is, I'm sure there is. Um, mostly all of them were coming back from Vietnam. They could have cared less about the Army. Just waiting their time to get out. So uh, my <laughs> my professionalism went out the door pretty quick because I remember those days when I was a teenager. So that, that behavior just went out the door, you know. Um, so... You know, being a soldier was a was a great time. I traveled a lot and went to Germany, um, and that was the height of the Cold War. I would go to Germany, and there's the Red Huns of the Soviet. You know, so I got to do a uh, a lot of uh, a lot of work on the East West German border. Hmm. I did many tours out there. Uh, there was. Uh, a lot of a lot of experiences, good experiences, where a Polish soldier was sitting over them on the line, and we were trying to get him to come over. Come on, come on, come on! You can be free. You can be free. But we were drinking like fools, because yeah. again, we did not just like I had in uh, in Iraq. You know, we didn't know when they were coming over to, because it was we would have been annihilated. You know, only about. 120 guys against 4,000 over there. Yeah, wow. You know, all their vehicles were right over the hill. You could hear them. You could hear them starting up their armored vehicles. And we're like, holy crap, here they come. So that goes to the uh, 59 minutes of... <laughs> yeah. And one minute of terror, you know. And of course, uh, you know, that's a great place to be drinking, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. And some of the best beer in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Germany. My, my brother was stationed in Germany and yeah. I got to spend a couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks over there. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a blast. Yeah. I was in uh, Schweinfurt, Germany. And, uh, but we would move up to, the, to a town called Coburg. And uh, that's right. I mean, 20, not even 20, 10 kilometers from the outside of the city. There was the, there was the border. So, yeah. So, 
drinking was a was one of our pastimes. When we weren't patrolling, we were drinking. I was newly married. I mean, golly, who doesn't drink when they're in the military, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a culture. It it it. You know, you're rough and tumble, and you know, you're hardcore. When you it have the downtime, it's time to really let loose, you know. And my first, I think my first three or four years, I hated beer. I, it's like I could barely stomach it. Huh. But uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you get you get used to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I uh, again, my disease got worse and worse. So it took a long time. You know, I think I've spoke before where my disease was a little rock and it was on a snowy hill and how that how that that rock got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because it was ended up being a big boulder type snowball yeah by the time it caught up with you yeah yeah i have the same story i I, you know i I frankly managed what pretty well for a lot of years and hey you know and i had a lot of fun really you know i mean it wasn't that there's a lot of good times back there uh, they said it was a lot of fun until it wasn't anymore. <laughs> and yeah, when it wasn't any fun anymore, you know, ran I, it stopped abruptly. And, and in 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 Europe and Germany, yeah, the best concerts ever. You know, I seen oh, Queen, Led Zeppelin. You know, yeah, um, uh, Rush. Oh my God, I bet I went to a hundred concerts over there. Yeah, you know, and, no doubt that had to yeah. be fun. Oh yeah, and I was a big concert lover. And and they were small venues, you know. Uh, maybe 200 people, you know, and it was uh, it was really the best time of my life, I think, you know, as far as having fun and and uh, going places, France, Italy, you know, Belgium, you know, went all over the place. So I had fun, but then again, my disease was right behind me, yeah, right behind me, you know, coming up, coming up to me. So, you know, I got out of the army in 1992. Uh, I was that's why I said I did 17 I didn't do the full 20 because Clinton right after the first Gulf War was trying to downsize well he did try he, he did so yeah. they gave us a big severance package you know yeah and uh you know I got out of the military and I was like man I do not know what to do you know I was a I was a tanker I was on I was on tanks you know with combat position hmm. and uh but uh, I got out, and I think, you know, looking back at it, that's where it started to get a hold of me because I was scared. I didn't know what to do, you know, with myself. And, Probably uh, the, had lost that discipline that absolutely. you had in your life that, absolutely. like, you knew what you were doing. Yeah. They were telling you what to absolutely. do. That I've heard a lot of people say that that discipline life worked really well for them because, like, yeah. they like that being okay. Be here, be there, yep. be here, be so there. Kinda, when you had your downtime, yeah, you knew yeah. what those windows were, yep. too, you know. So, then, okay, now do. I can turn loose right. and do what I want to for these right. windows, and i got to be back by such and such a time. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was at the pillar of my career. I was teaching um, – you know, Fort Knox is the armor school, of course. Hmm. And I was teaching long-range gunnery, so we had had a lot of people looking up to us. We taught a lot of people from different countries. Um, and I was My brother was at Fort Knox in basic, like in the, in the early 90s, like 91, 90, yeah. 91, something yeah. like that. And we were, uh, I was proud of myself. I got, you know, and uh, again, my disease was, uh, was right behind me. And... Uh, and I got out, and like I said, I didn't know what to do. So I, I kind of messed around for a little bit. Were you bit. single? Uh, yes. 
Yes, I would got divorced from my first wife oh, in '92, um, but I had my two wonderful children, um, and uh, again, I didn't know what to do. But I I was driving a delivery truck, and uh, like I said, I could be functional at that time, and uh, I got this big idea: is man, you're a veteran, you know, why don't you go to school? And so I went to school for computer science hmm. and uh right up here at ivy tech yeah yeah and uh i hit the market just right right you know, yeah right when in 2000 y2k the the uh the world was gonna blow up everything you know uh, electricity everything was gonna go and uh yeah, the computers didn't know how to turn to 2000 no, i know i know yeah nothing yep. knew how to do it yep. it's gonna be yep. catastrophe right and uh man if you could open up a pdf file you were hired so <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, and, uh, but I ended up working for the uh, Census Bureau and Jeff. Yeah. And uh, that kind of started out my federal life, you know, and they put out this big message and saying, we need computer people in Iraq. And out of 25 of us, again, I wanted to stand up and make myself better. Yeah. Mark's hand went up. You know, and uh, well, you were a veteran already. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. knew the culture, yep. and then if you had this other new skill set. Yep. And 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 you know, I got out so quickly because it spun my head. You know, I was this big important guy in the military. Now I'm out driving a delivery truck. Yeah. So uh, and then I again I worked with the Census Bureau, and I you know I wasn't done serving. Hmm. You know, a lot of people went over there for the money. Uh, as a federal civilian, I made okay money, but not as much as the contractors. Uh, but I got to wear the uniform. That was the most important thing. Hmm. Interesting. I got to be with soldiers. I got to, you know, really camaraderie. Here's where that comes in again. And uh, But I absolutely loved it until I started getting shot at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, the Marines, the, you know, the Army, the Navy, Marines, you know, Air Force, I loved them all, you know. Um, and, you know, our money in the government was was somewhat better. But, uh, like I said, it wasn't like I went over there to be rich. Yeah. Know, so I, but I kept wanting to go back, kept wanting to go back. And then that, you know, the first time and the second time, uh, well, second time I wasn't drinking, but that first time was whew, was bad. Yeah. So that kind of gets us caught up to where you went into when your your tours. Right. Uh, right. I do remember one story though. I remember, uh, and I've tried not to. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag on the microphone because I would like to hear you say is to talk about meeting somebody while you were over there once. Um, I think you met your son, didn't you? While you yes, were yes, in- yes, in Afghanistan. Right. Yeah. But this was in 2012. Yeah, I can relate. Because what I also, so when I say I want, I like to, you know, we, we know our little story about around our, our coming to right. recovery and yeah. the AA days. And, you know, and then actually, right. like you talked about, I think you did a great job. I liked how you said that, you because know, like we say in that, that sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly thing about sure. how your evolution of recovery happened and how, and how you yeah. really did a great job at like showing how that didn't right. come quickly for you. But, no, uh, but you landed on the recovery of the fellowship and the, and the camaraderie and the part being part of and, and yeah. eventually come to you that, you know, that grew. 
because uh, just like me, you were that's a that's a product to keep coming back, right? Sure. Keep sure. trying, Attracts keep trying, keep doing it. You know, and, and, I, and you keep on hanging around. You know, right. and, and we grow just by proxy of hanging around. Sure. If I don't hang around, I don't get any of that. Right. So we so we talked about that and we go back and we look at our childhood and how we were raised and, you know, what are the things that made us who we are. And then, like, there's other part that I always want to make sure we touch on because people have these amazing things happen in your life. And sure. you've already touched on a couple of those. But I, always, I was touched about the, the story about running, meeting up with your son in yeah. Afghanistan. And yeah, that was uh, it was. Of course, I was at I went in Kandahar Airfield and uh, and uh, before I before I transferred over or we call it deployed over. Um, my son was at Fort Bragg and uh, he knew I was going and uh, he used to tell me old man you need to quit going over there everybody hates it when you go over everybody call you know my kids call me old man I hate that Uh, well because I am (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you know that was the fourth tour I was gonna I was gonna do there and I said, I promise, it was the last one. Last one. Well, that's what you said the first time and second time and third time. <laughs> and uh, I said, I'm going. I'm not done serving. So he was stationed at Fort Bragg. And uh, so he ended up volunteering to go. And uh, he told me, he said, I'm not going to let you sit over there by yourself. Of course, he was an MP. So he was on the other side of the country. I was in the center southern part of Afghanistan it was okay for me because we had a couple of attacks you know I was used to it so it didn't really affect me that much um and Kandahar is a really huge place and uh water? please please yeah there you go thank you and uh he was traveling from the western part of Afghanistan, and he happened to go through Kandahar. And, you know, we met up, and it's really unusual to see, you know, a dad and a son in the yeah. combat zone. And uh, you know, he, uh, one of the first things he asked me, he said, uh, are you still sober? Hmm. Yeah. He looked me dead in the eye. And I looked down, he said, look at me. <laughs> to have my son tell me this. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, that was quite a uh, growing moment for me, you know, because I think he did. My whole, all my kids respected the fact that I was sober, you know, because I came back to being their dad. But, uh, as soon as he left the gate, I think it was two, maybe two days later, you know, he was in an IED attack, and uh, his driver got both his legs blown off. Woo. And, you know, thank God, who I call God now, wasn't a scratch on my son. Wow. Not physically. Anyways. You know, Same vehicle. Yeah. So uh, he came back to Kandahar, and I guess they were replacing his vehicle. You know, my thoughts of it may be, my memories of it may be different than his. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had that thousand-yard stare. Yeah. We call it, you know, and it, it changed him forever. And just like my experiences did, it changed yeah. me. Yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, that was, again, you know, one of the things that 
he was worried about my sobriety. And uh, I said, God, my kids love this. <laughs> and me, too. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, you don't uh you know, you can kind of take that for granted at times until that shows up for you like that. That yeah. when you get yeah. that, uh, you know, I have that same kind of. Um, my kids have eyes on me, right? Oh, They're looking still, oh you know. Goodness, and it's yes. and you know, and I celebrated just four years not long ago, and and but I still see at times, especially if I'm a little wonky, you know. When I, yeah. you know, like as another thing I heard you say, you know, for a while we fight for our sobriety, right? We're working on recovering right. to stay sober. And then it seems like if we turn a page or whatever, and like we're, we're then it's more of like maintaining our serenity. You know, it's not so yes. hard to stay sober anymore. Yes. I mean, it's yes. not that one can't that I'm immune at any yeah. level, but then it yeah. becomes this other thing of like where we're growing to, to just stay cool, you know, to stay right. serene, to have that that um, peace of mind that, that we're after. Well, you can, uh, just like we always say, you know, good thing about drinking is you get your feelings back. Yeah. Bad thing about drinking is get you get your feelings, feelings back. back. Absolutely, yeah. 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 You joke around now and again about a tour of duty in Detroit after uh, yeah. that, uh, yeah, that rivaled. From, yeah, I got back from Afghanistan, and uh, there was no position for me there. And uh, so I had to uh, I had to transfer. I was a geograph geographic bachelor. Um, but... Uh, I lived in a, I lived in a little basement, you know, in this old castle type. In the northern part of Detroit was all the old, you know, GM guys and Ford guys and all these big mansions from all the automobile stuff. Oh, oh yeah, you know that happened yeah. in Detroit. I wonder why that blew up in Detroit. Why that was the you know, capital, the Motown. It really is a sad story. You know how that how that town. If anybody's going to be listening for Detroit, I love Detroit. Yeah, but there's so it was such a heyday. It had it such its high point sure. there at some point, you know. Sure. And then now, you and know, anybody that's from there understands that. But you know, it's starting to come back slowly but surely. And you know, the AA convention is in Detroit next time yes, around to 2020 it is. next yes. year. Next year, you're yes, right. It's on fives. Yeah, I would definitely like to attend. Yeah, we're planning on going. Yeah, they uh, they say uh, forty thousand people saying the Serenity to Prayer. Yeah. All at once is very powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like to go see some old friends there, you know. So, And then but, you ended up having something, and I don't remember, but I remember there was some story you told about Detroit about yeah. uh, another, you know, uh, I don't know. I call them miracles is what I call them. I mean, it's probably a, maybe a stretch. It's not my life. Things that happen for me that I go, wow, oh, wow. that is uh, a... Yeah. You know that how's that happen? You know yeah. these cool things. You know, like you see, bumping into your son over in however many thousands of miles that is away right. from here. Eight thousand miles away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do those things happen? Yeah, and uh, the thing I, with the I guy at, uh, at you is, in Pueblo. You know, it, these people yeah. walk into your lives that you. Yeah, and in Detroit is one of the, and I hate to use the word disciple, but but it's the only thing I can think of at the time. But one of Bill's people that he was norm he was around was from Detroit mm. and he started this group in this church and uh, that has that meeting has been there for like 60 years mm. you know 70 years and the way they do it in Detroit not like us is a bunch of tables and everybody gets into a single table but every table has a different little meeting oh really yeah so that when they like small they, groups yeah when they stop you know they always do the you know serenity prayer and all what we do now but then you hear this 
deafening <laughs> because everybody's talking at the same time. Yeah. So that was unique. Yeah, that's a but, little tough. But that force. Because we have a reverence, you know, like yeah, cross talk, yeah. you know, it's your right. turn. And it's kind of something that actually works. It works out real well in these little things like this, too, because yeah. we all like respect one another's. Sure, sure. Voice. And, and the after I after I kept going there, it everybody had to speak, whether there be four people on the table or six. Everybody was required to speak. Participation was mandatory. Yeah, absolutely. And so I began to like that. So yeah. then I come back here to, you know, southern Indiana where it's where I belong. So Yeah. Well, I have that, uh, you know, one of the miracles I have in my life is this ability, this retreat that I that I host out at my place in the country. I've been there this weekend. That's part of why I was down there this weekend was to prepare right. for this next month. And, uh, and I make participation mandatory. I said, you know, if you're coming out here, yeah, you got to share. You yeah. got to. You just not. Yeah. A, it's not this. That's a good idea. Yeah, That's and you know, and we're in a tight knit group, and we're not in an AA meeting. It's a men's retreat, a men's right. recovery retreat is what it is. You know, so if you show up, I'm not going to let you sit over there. And that's really what it is in my heart. I'm not going to allow you to yeah. sit over there and not get to be a part of us. Yeah. I am going to pull you into here. Yeah. You can resist and you can run afterwards, but while you're here, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm going to pull you in the middle yeah. of this. I'm I'm really I'm really proud of you. You know, since you came into the program. Well, thank you, you know, man. I, I know you went back out. Yep. And uh, yeah, I had to dance for a while. You sure, know, the same sure. thing. So it's, you hear you it time and time again. Yeah. You know, whether that was. The consequences choice. got ratcheted up to yeah. a point that I, like I said, I got backed into a corner where yeah. I just yeah. could not fathom going to prison, and and I yeah. and I saw no other way out. And this hand was handed out here, going, "Here's a way out." Yeah. And I didn't believe it, I but didn't. I didn't see any other doors. <laughs> and, and I didn't have the con- consequences, which sometimes I wish I would have had those, because that would would have made me, I think, more into a spiritual person, hmm. which has taken me some years to get here. And I still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, that's know? what that's that did force me my hand there too, because at times there was no, you know, just like the book says, there was no human power that was able to help me in these things, and nobody could Absolutely. really save me in these certain circumstances. Absolutely. And I just had to rely on this this yeah. thing we talk about, this power, yeah. and said, you know, okay, this is really where you're gonna, because I don't, I, I can't do anything for you in this case. My sponsor, yeah. my support group, they were all there for me, but they said, about the you only were, thing we can do is pray you, for you, buddy. Were, you were a totally different person when you came back. Yeah. And, I see these guys that uh, have come into the into the rooms who are absolutely serious about their recovery. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I don't know how many. It's eight, nine, ten of you. I call them the Juice Crew. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I just, but I, I, I'm so proud of all of you because I can see it in your eyes. <coughs> You know, and uh, you make a hell of a difference. Yeah, we got a good group of people who are really changing, and you know, and yeah. I like to see the age too. You know, uh, yeah, guys are in absolutely. their twenties. You know, because I couldn't hear this in my twenties. No yeah. way could I hear oh, this yeah. message in my twenties. I was still managing things. That's that's and, what uh, I I see now is some of these younger people, and I think to myself, God, I wish I would have had that. Yeah. When I was their age. Yeah, and that's know. the thing I keep telling them. Like, because a couple of them don't have much consequences. And I think you don't have to. You understand what a blessing sure. this is that you didn't have to go where some of us right. had to go, you right. know? Right. And you get to have these tools now in your 20s. Yeah. And I, like the world is your oyster now, you know? You right. can you can walk and, and have a, as good as my parents were, and they really were. They were they were great people. Mm-hmm. They didn't get. I didn't get any like operating guidelines on sure. how to walk. On, how there to, no how to go. There was yeah. Right. And and this set of principles works for me. It sure. just works for me to be able to move down a path. And you know, you know some people get a little crazy yeah. on my one day at a time living and 
and different things like that. What are you doing next weekend? Well, I ain't sure, you know. <laughs> I haven't thought out that far yet. And, and you know as well as I do, some people have gone in your that group have gone back out. Yep. And uh, they were refunded their misery. Yeah. And they came right back. And yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna. You know. Back in the day, you know, you know, um, I get a little hurt, you know, there's a little bit, and I know that today, like when I see people go back out and come back, uh, I used to have a little bit of a problem with that. I thought, you know, there was something like, you know, I had a little bit of a holier than thou a little bit going on where I, you know, I didn't, you know, and, and I don't think it was real bad, but there was also, but I think at the root of that was like a hurt almost that I saw people go out and that does. And when I see people go back out to that, that living, there's two things going on. It tells me that I could do it too. So that scares me a little bit. You know, when I see people go out, it's like a, and then, and, and, uh, and I'm actually hurt that, uh, it was this funny little accountability thing I have with AA and recovery today that like I like I owe something back to this to stay sober today. This accountability to my brothers and stuff that I owe and it to them that's, that's to stay one thing. side by side. That's it's kind of like that foxhole brotherhood, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're here together, man. Don't let yeah. me down because right. I'm relying on exactly. you to stay just, here too. I was just going to that is that you know there is accountability to to a small to a group of my people who are you know. You know, Becky, you know, you know my, our little yeah. crew there. And, uh, you know, we text all the time. If we're not going to make it to the meeting, hey, I won't be there. Yeah. That's an accountability thing. And uh, I owe it to them because we're friends. But my sobriety is more important because I'll be darned if they don't call me. If I'm, hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, and uh, that's a good, you know. And they get to know you, and you can't pull bullshit on them. You know, no, you walk up, and they no. go, you go cut, mark them up, you know, and you know I'm all right. And you're like, no, no you can't throw at like, me, man. I know you, you been, by man? now, man. What's going on? And uh, and that's cool. It is is that, and as you know, and I'll I'll go into kind of what I'm doing right now. Is cool because that's exactly where I was getting ready to take it. Yeah, <laughs> I you know I'm a veteran, so I, you know, about three years ago I ran into. Um, Angela, I'm sure you mm-hmm. remember her. Mm-hmm. She comes every once in a while, but she's yep. she works for the VA, and uh, so I've I've gotten into helping these guys out at the Veterans Treatment Center, and it is so frustrating. Yeah, you know I I think I said this earlier about changing, you know what you have, you know your current environment, and it goes back to when I was in treatment. Yeah. And, uh, but a lot of these guys have some really, really, um, extensive issues. You know, one of, um, been going there for three years. I don't think I've had one guy, you know, actually that I know has been in the program. Hmm. Now they may go out and have that seed planted, which is what my sponsor told me, you know, Mark, don't worry about it. Yeah. You're going to, they're going to get it when they get it. Uh, we've had a couple of them in their lives. Uh, you know, 21 veterans die yeah. uh, every day from PTSD-related issues or drug and alcohol. And and one of the things that I learned in 2004 when I came back, you know, is they, they give you, you know, hey, you got PTSD. Well, I can't sleep. <laughs> okay, you got PTSD. Here's these drugs. Here's these drugs. And of course, that's changed over the years. But if you you have those symptoms of PTSD, 
but you cloud it with drugs and alcohol, that makes things all the worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, we have gotten away from the war, so, you know, things are a, a different, you know. Um, so I try to tell them all the time that, uh, you know, get in here, stop drinking, stop drinking and, do, and do, you know, doing drugs and seek the counseling that you need, you know, for your PTSD issues. So, again, it's frustrating, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, I love it, you know, giving back. You know, 6.30 every Sunday, I bring a dozen donuts. And, you know, most of them in treatment are looking around, you know, looking around the corner. Hey, donut man, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, and you get to touch some lives like that. Yeah, and, and uh, I, you know, I'm not trained, but uh, a couple of the counselors have come up to me and said, Mark, you're making a hell of a difference. Right, yeah. And uh, he said, a lot of them talk about you all week. And that in itself is, whether they go out there and do drugs or not, you know, it's, uh, I just got to, I'm going to give them back, you know, it's that yeah. same thing, you know, coming back yeah. and then the results is not, that's not our part of it. Our right. part is the action. Right. And, and my, uh, my sponsor keeps slapping on the back of the head and, you know, because in a lot of ways I'm an emotional wreck, but I'm okay. You know, I keep getting reined in by the program, you know, and, uh, um, because, you know, a is a part of my life. And it saves me, you know, in a lot of ways. In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, you did a little hand motion like that. That's what my one of my other little things is like. I keep on getting the course correction. You sure. know, as I start going oh, yeah. this way, then yeah. then I get to yeah. put get my compass yeah. needle back in alignment. Yeah. And and my family, my friends, help me do that. I right. can't do that on my own. Because we're human. You know, we're human. And especially the last things I've shared here is. You know, the last three or four months, it's, I went through divorce and, uh, well, st- we're separated, but uh, fighting those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nothing crushed me like a revo- divorce. No, I was still, you know, it yeah. helped me with my, it helped me find that last bottom, really, was, yeah. uh, was yeah. a divorce because I, I went back out and I, and I went back out with a vengeance because yeah, I had a reason, right? right. That's right. right. Now that I, think I had, about you it, know, right. God damn it, if you were doing, if you had this happen to you, you'd drink too. Yeah, well, how I had no tools at that point. I hadn't yeah. gotten to where I am today because I hadn't totally like you know, hadn't totally found that solution yet. Sure. I just was toying with it. And, uh, you know, my my son-in-law like dying, and but then having this spiritual experience where I was so down, and then Robert just brought me up. Yeah, and uh, man, that was a wasn't a deal breaker. That was a deal sealer for yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely changed over that. And I'm you know I'm just happy in sobriety. Um, you know, our teacher training thing, this yoga teacher training thing that I just went through. They, they, at the end of the I, last thing, they did yeah. a. Um, we watched a movie, you know, and I thought, you know, of course, when I've, I always like sit down. I'm not really a movie TV guy at all. I don't really watch any kind of that hardly at all. But they sit down and I'm like, man, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be able to stay. We've been doing yoga all day long, and then it pop yeah. it, pop it at six o'clock. They're gonna want to watch a movie. I'm I like, see you on I'm Facebook a, doing that. I'm gonna be lights like, out, man. man I'm gonna be tired. <laughs> but they did this thing, and it was uh, about Joseph Campbell and the whole story around the hero's journey, is what he says. Yeah. He calls it, and it's this thing that well, a lot of us I see we go through, whether regardless, and we go through it many different 
different times. We go through uh, yeah. a part of our life that kind of goes pretty smooth sailing, and when we run into something, some bump yeah. in the road, you know, right. and then you rec- and you know, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> that we recover from that, and right. we when we go on to be able to help somebody else generally, that's really where the hero's journey comes full circle, and we will do that loop throughout our lives. Most of us will in a number of ways, yeah. whether if it's you know doing like you're doing with the with the with the PTSD and the being yeah. able to give back and be a stable yeah. thing in somebody's life and when you, know, you go through these things like you're I just i just yeah. care you that's know, what's I, it's in your I heart care. yeah and uh it's a compassion yeah. the empathy the, yeah. that's a, one of the things that like when i've heard that you know we just didn't have the one thing that the drugs and alcohol and the, that kind of lifestyle took from us was empathy we didn't have an empathy for it. We, we didn't have yeah. any sympathy for other our fellow humans you know we couldn't really relate now we get we get those feelings back right, right. and now i can have a feeling for you yeah. too you know yeah, for my and you know and, and i i say this all the time it's common decency and respect it really is and, and you know when i open the door for somebody at the store you know and yep. they look at me and say thank you yeah you know and and i just made that person feel better yeah you know helping a you know a, a senior citizen with their bags or you know uh, you know that kind of thing i never i never cared about yeah. that and uh yeah it's a good thing and yeah. i I get to walk through life today being a positive influence most yeah. places I go. Yeah, you know? it's not so much Alcoholics Anonymous. It's, you know. Like I said, at the general. grocery store to whatever, you know, and sure. I notice that time after time, you know, I keep on having these little things where I'm walking along and I run into somebody, some other, you know, another one of God's children trying to do their thing today and I can mm-hmm. see the stress on their yeah. life, you know, and we come in like an intersection at the at the grocery store or whatever and you can see that like, little bit of frustration and yeah. I will, I light up my smile, man. Yeah. And I smile I at them and wave them on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you'll see and the people, you'll they'll watch, you'll get that flicker of a smile from that person where it went from this sure. place where they were just like mission oriented, you know, wherever they were at, you yeah. know, to look up and like, damn, there's somebody, you know, and that smile will light up and I get to have that little piece of that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, get to walk through life today. Most of my life I spent, I've said this before too, uh, I didn't know it. I wouldn't, have, I couldn't admit to this. But most of my life I've spent, if you were in contact with me, you were having, I was a negative influence on you. And now today it's actually the opposite. Most times or not, you know, I get to be in a positive influence as I walk around and do my thing today. And I see, I see people sometimes that are just mean, mean. And and I look at them and just, you don't have what I have. Yeah. You know, you don't have this, you know, you don't have this recovery thing or non-alcoholic life. Yeah. Yep, and you know, even those out there that are not necessarily suffering from chemical addictions or anything of that nature, you know, this this some people are just flat out suffering from yeah. misery. Yeah. They just have that 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 low spot. They just cannot get any traction in life, and and uh, these twelve steps have allowed me to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and 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 I'm doing the steps over and over again. You know, and uh, so you know, I help. My sponsor says I help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But Mark, you need to help yourself. Mm. And helping those people has gotten me away from helping myself. Yeah. So, you know, we're going through the fourth and fifth, and of course, you know, first three are action steps. You know, I'm good on those. You know, I am an alcoholic. I will always be an alcoholic until my dying days. Yep. But uh, 
you know, so me and him are doing some spiritual maintenance, <laughs> and it's pointed at me. So, yeah. well, I was the, my lineage teaches me this is not when Bill said, and everyone says, continue to take personal inventory, even though that's grounded yes. around a tenth yes. step. It's also a bigger thing. It means continue to do this continue. thing. Continue, See, continue, I continue. About continue. That word. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean I get to do. You know, and there's some people around that you know that do the steps, and that's but. But I think, like you said, you know, I, I listened to what you when you were sitting here telling the story, and that's one of the, you know, uh, I like you know you heard a thing collateral damage. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I get collateral benefit today in my life, and yeah. so like I when I sit across the table from somebody and listen, a I get to know you better, right? right. So today I've learned that I get to, and that's something I want to do is build connection with my with these other humans on this planet. Right. Something I was never able to do, and also I hear the lessons in there. You know, I can listen with an open mind today and hear you talk about peeling back that onion and and the continual repetition through the steps in different ways right. has allows you to continue to improve and continue to grow yeah. uh another thing i stole from some speakers said uh, continue to improve the life of my life in recovery continue to do the things that improve my life in recovery uh and that's that's continue I, to do I these have, steps i have seen that in you since you come back the second time yeah you have it you have a totally different outlook and i'm i'm lucky i stayed sober yeah lord have mercy yeah i'm i'm, I'm so lucky absolutely because uh, that's a lot of stuff, man. That's a lot of heavy yeah, things that will yeah. uh, take a lot of people down, which you I, just I shared today. It. I white-knuckled it for many times. And I say this, I could not have done this without people like you and everybody around me. Right, my tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even when I'm away, you know, I call them. Uh, go to, you know, I got this little app on my phone. Walk into meetings. Hey, yeah. how you doing? And they're just the nicest people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No matter where so, you go. Yep. No matter where you go. And I always have my anchor here. Yep. So that's my story, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what's so it. cool. And that's another thing about like here is like people like get uh, like say uh, we did this and some sharing. And, you know, are you complete? You know, when we talk to people and I mean, and I mean, you know, that's not to say complete, but I mean, like in the session, are you complete with your thing? And I hear people get, uh, which we don't get to do at a podium. Most yeah. of the time people feel like they're like turning the ignition off on the, oh, at yeah. the podium oh, where yeah. it's like, okay, got to turn off with the light switch because oh, I'm out of yeah, time. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and but here we actually get to where, you know, I hear you kind of go, I think that's it. <laughs> you know I and think. that's cool yeah and i know we don't necessarily you know yeah. there's no way to sit here and do every, everything every in a couple time hours I walk and away from speaking it's like damn i should have said this or i should have said that yeah to help complete my message and yeah yeah this is cool i, I really i really enjoy without it. a time limit and just right. be able to just do right. it and, I, and you People know we're gonna get tired of us listening to this <laughs> two hours What's yeah wrong? i don't think so and that's not the feedback i'm yeah. getting i'm hearing people okay. say because also they pause it you know it doesn't mean yeah. they have to bite off the two True. hours at once True. man you stop the podcast and you come back tomorrow or yeah. whatever and it takes right. some people some days to listen to them sometimes and, and, and uh, you know, i wish everybody out there the best of luck you know just keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. To me, in my, I don't care if it's God or not, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Whatever it does to keep you sober. Yeah. You know, whether it's calling somebody, whether it's coming to a meeting, you know, it's like I, sh I shared earlier, you see these guys come from, guys and gals sitting in the back, and then they come closer and closer and closer, <coughs> you know, 
I love the guy that comes in and says, I, I remember a guy came into the Seekers meeting back when it was still on Wednesdays, and he come in and he said, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic or not. Right. And at that point in time, I really didn't know as much as I know today, you know. Yeah. But to hear that now, like, yeah, cool, good. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, let's if hang not, around for a little bit and let's yeah, see. Yeah, or go out there and get some more yeah, misery. Right, yeah. <laughs> we got tests we, we can will, run, we you know. We refund your misery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, but I like that you know, he comes in because, like, a lot of times if a guy come in and it's his first meeting and he'll say, I'm an alcoholic, and we know, like, you probably really don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think and, you said that a couple of times. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I come in saying I was an alcoholic. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember, you know, uh, Joe and Becky were the first two people I met, shook hands with, you know, and because they said it to me, if they'd have said, hi, I'm Joe, I'm a parrot, I'd probably said, hi, I'm Dan, I'm a parrot. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, whatever they were yeah, saying, I was yeah. going to say, you know, and yeah. I didn't know what being an alcoholic means yeah. like I know what being an alcoholic means today. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked me. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I enjoyed and, having you here, and, man. And again, uh, what you and the Juice Crew are doing <laughs> is really an inspiration to me. Yeah, it's a lot and, of fun. Uh, and uh, getting to touch a lot of people. Yeah, and I I have seen you guys grow, and a couple of them step back a couple of times. Yeah, but they keep coming back. Yeah, you know that's what I tell anybody out there. Lord have mercy, just keep coming back. Yeah, man, and that's the other thing, uh, and I've heard this again. I, none of this stuff is mine. As I said, uh, thank you for making it easy to come back. Because, man, if yeah, I have to come sure. back next time, man, I'm going to need it to be easy. We it's fucking any, hard. We don't have any damn prerequisites. You know, you, yeah. you, Don, I can, I can just say his name. You know, Don was a classic example. Yeah, right, yeah. And, uh, you know, he immediately... You know, he was a he thought he was ashamed, and he texted me a couple of times because I was there right when he got sober, and, and I said, "Brother, no shame in this, yeah. none, none." Come back. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, and I'll share this one story, and I'll be done. Yeah. And uh, a guy named Donnie, um, uh, Donnie B. Yep. That man must have had fifty white chips. Yeah. But he was a, one of the most honest, loving knew the big book like the back of his hand and uh he was a wonderful wonderful guy i still think about him and i want to cry and uh but he was you know he'd been doing it for 50 years yeah. <laughs> must have been <laughs> and uh probably a little less than that but uh you know he was a wonderful man and i ha i hated to see him pass yeah you know he did die sober you know but his drinking and drugging caught up with him and uh i just uh, think about him a lot yep so. i'm remembering remembering well a lot of people yep. have uh touched me and uh, i can think of quite a few you know that's a thing is is that the, you know, i never knew death like i knew death until i come in this program and started yeah. to get to know people and see sure. people dying in here you know uh joe b was one of the guys that sure. so had he was a veteran had one arm yeah uh you know he made an impact on me immediately for whatever reason you know mm -hmm. who knows why that stuff is you know and and uh, you know it was just a i don't know i was less than a month sober man and he had taken a he drank he drank and put a gun to his head yeah. you know and and it, and it rocked me man yeah uh, you know and it what? scares you a little bit yeah is that gonna happen to me yeah you know and, yeah and a little yeah. bit like you know what's the use yeah you know right, if I, right. you know uh might as well keep on drinking once right. he used to even try this thing if that's what the outcome and you and, think to yourself oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna be a drunk i'm gonna be a drunk rest of my just life resigned to it yeah so yeah, good, yeah. Cool, man. 
we are at an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's actually perfect. And that's a, that's what I like. I do like to keep these things under the two hour mark. They usually, this is pretty typical. Someplace from an hour and 30, hour and 45, something like that is usually what it takes for somebody to sit here and we yeah. have this conversation. I think it's a good, good piece of time and it works well. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you being here. I'll do those commercials one more time in case people forgot. Listen to Darren Frank. He's got the music around this thing. Uh, that's who we're using. Hey, and if you're out there in recovery and you play music, man, I am. That's another thing. Let's get you on here. I'll put your music on the Absolutely. front of this and give you credit. We'll uh, we'll we'll get you some exposure here. Uh, TSSR, Twelve Step Spiritual Recovery. The book, Christopher James Christopher Cohn, is on Amazon. You can also get it on Kindle. You can get both at a reduced price if you already have the hard copy. When you buy the Kindle, you get a you'll get a credit back on your Kindle account too for uh, owning the hard copy. And spiritualunderground.org, uh, show notes, the pictures of the folks on the podcast, and uh, we'll go outside here in a minute, probably in this nice sun, and get a picture of Mark and I. Most of the time you see the shop in the background, which is cool too. But uh, yeah, check us out, and uh, thank you all for listening. The, the listenership just keeps on growing, and I'm touched to have this opportunity to participate, participate in my recovery in this manner. Bye, y'all. Peace out.
Have a plan.